Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is not Alan Saunders. We got a special Faribault Friday. Why I say it's special, it's my man's birthday at the time of recording this. Nick, thank you for joining me, especially on your birthday, and happy birthday. Yeah, man. Thanks for wishing me happy birthday. It, indeed, I am uh, celebrating as well. You know, it's a it's a good day. Um, Steelers won last night, obviously, and mm-hmm. you come out here and Get to spend it with Smitty in the afternoon. It's, it's all great, man. Fairball Friday time, man. I, yeah. Come on, baby. <laughs> Nick, how, how old are you? 23. 23 today. Wow. Okay. All Am right. Um, huh? Am I aging you? Yeah, because I can remember when I was 23 five years ago, and I'm like, man, I would give anything to be five years younger right now, and my knees be five years younger, and my ankles be five years younger, and my entire body be five years younger, but I we can't have that luxury, so enjoy it while you can. Um, and then everybody that's older than me is like, is this guy really complaining about being 28 right now? Wait till you get to 40. Uh, Dude. Nick, I thought we were going to have only good stuff to talk about today. But I, we're, we do have a good bit of good stuff to talk about, which is why I want to start off with today, fresh, most recently, what we have to talk about, which is George Pickens basically scrubbing his Instagram of anything Steelers related, um, put out a post. The, the first story was actually deleted, which has since been deleted, said free me. And it's like the post itself is kind of like this guy losing his mind, um, the character losing his mind. It says free me at the bottom of it. 
he unfollowed uh, at least Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure who else he was following prior to that, that he doesn't now. But the only players on the offensive side of the ball in the Steelers that he does follow now, and yes, I feel very stupid even mentioning this stuff, um, is Broderick Jones. Goes back to their Georgia days, obviously. And Mason Rudolph, oddly enough, are the only two players on the offensive side of the football that he follows. We've seen things like this before where a guy scrubs his Instagram, obviously very frustrated with his situation. The body language was not good last night. Um, you know, even after Deontay Johnson scores his first touchdown in 660 days or whatever it was. Um, Nick, Nick, what do we make of this? And is this something that could linger over, you know, as, as time progresses? Or do you think that the Steelers are going to be able to kind of put a lid on this situation? I, I always hate talking about these Instagram things because it like I, can I be do, something. Yeah. It can be nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I think with GP, it's tough to read because this is a guy that's so emotional. Like he is an emotional person. He's an emotional football player. Like he wears those emotions very proudly on his sleeve. We've seen that work in his favor. We've seen that obviously work not in his favor. We've seen him blow up on the sidelines where Deontay Johnson has to calm him down. Whoever has to calm him down. We have seen this time and time again. When things don't go well, he just gets really frustrated. That's I think that's part of how he just ex- expresses his frustration and expresses his emotions. Now, I will say this. I think we are talking about, as an issue here, his ability to deal with said emotions publicly, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah. a way to go about frustration as an NFL football player. The way to do it especially if you're like not trying to do like a master strategic game, right? Like, okay. If, if you're Devontae Adams, for example, who was really frustrated with what was going on in Las Vegas and you were like, all right, I probably like, there's an end game to that, right? It's either, okay. You know, these guys are gone or I'm gone. Basically like that's an end game. I'm not sure there's an end game to this GP stuff. Like, I don't think he's like going to go request a trade to Omar Khan tomorrow and say, trade me in the offseason. Like, I, I just think he's really frustrated with how the last two games have gone for him um, because he, he hasn't had big numbers, right? Um, since Deontay mm-hmm. came back, Deontay's been the featured receiver because Pickens is getting all the double teams. He's doing the dirty work, basically, while Deontay is getting the stats. Um, that, that's kind mm-hmm. of what's happening. And now, he should have had two touchdowns, right? He should have had the, tu- you know, the touchdown against the Jaguars obviously happened, but should have had it against uh, the Titans, too, if he didn't just make that massive gallop to the sideline and should have been a touchdown. But uh, I think what you're kind of seeing here is is his frustrations in not being able to to get high volume targets while Deontay is getting high volume targets. He absolutely embodies a receiver that obviously wants the football. Like uh, he wants the football. He's an alpha dog that wants the football. Deontay's the same way, but I think Deontay goes about expressing his frustrations in a more professional manner. And I think mm-hmm. even young Deontay had some of these flares um, on social media at times where he would make some things and, and you'd be like, okay, what's going on here with Deontay Johnson? Like, I'll say this. I don't think this is Antonio Brown. I've seen people saying he's doing like an AB speed run. I, I don't feel like it's an Antonio speed run. Situation. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're just talking about a really emotional football player that has yeah. to learn how to deal with set emotions of frustrating stretches. You're going to have those as a mm-hmm. football player in the National Football League, even if Pickens is as good as he is. And really, I mean, let's talk about it. He, he only has himself to blame for the fact he doesn't have a touchdown yesterday. Like, yeah, that's yep. a touchdown, man. He put it right where you want him. Now, I understand some other plays, right? Like the, the drag, the cross route where he probably would have 35 yards and Kenny just airmails it over his face. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that. But uh, you can't 
do it publicly unless you and your agent are like, all right, man, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get out of here. Like, and I don't know, maybe that's what they're trying to do. Uh, maybe George has come to the conclusion. He doesn't want to be here anymore. I, but I just, I don't think that's what's happening. here. I think it's just an emotional guy based on the history. I know of George, this yeah. is an emotional guy that is just having an emotional few days here because he's struggling on the field. And, it is what it is. I think ideally you would want your wide receiver to be very happy with the fact that his other teammates scored a touchdown and and be happy that his team won. But mm-hmm. some, a lot of wide receivers, like this isn't a George Pickens specific thing. A lot of wide receivers. Sure, yeah. How many times has Stephon Diggs like blown up in the Bills locker room, right? And, and all this stuff. Like how many times has that come up and he's still there? So I, I, I yeah. don't I – don't, this isn't necessarily doom and gloom. I think it's something that Mike Tomlin has to address with him and say, listen, this is how we have to go about this. But until we hear like, ah, you know, he requests a formal trade or this, this, and this, like, I don't think it's a huge deal. Sure. And, and I'm in the same boat. You know, I, I want to see the situation play out more. It's just, a, you know, a little bit frustrating that we can't just have, you know, a normal victory Friday as a fan base without having this little wrench thrown into it. And to your point, this isn't at all an isolated incident in terms of, you know, wide receivers around the NFL. And a lot of the times these things do get worked out. I think that was a great example with Stefan Dix. But I think why Steelers fans maybe have a little bit of like PTSD when it comes to the issue is because of how the Antonio Brown situation obviously ended up playing out and how that dragged on and and everything like that and again not calling this the antonio brown situation but just saying that thought is in people's heads i think anytime the wide receiver acts in a certain way for this fan base so i think that that is the thought that the general fan base will have but not myself at least not in this present time well listen i don't think they're wrong in that we've seen social media um, with Steelers receivers <laughs> be an issue in the past, whether mm-hmm. that is AB or Chase Claypool, or I, I don't, I don't think it was a big issue, but obviously people took issue with what Juju did on TikTok. Um, yeah. But well, like, even you mentioned Deontay earlier, he scrubbed his Instagram before he got his yeah. uh, extension, you know, before camp a couple years ago. Right. And everyone yeah. thought, oh, okay, he's gone. Like, yeah, he obviously that didn't, didn't come to fruition like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a different thing and and Pickens is still very young as well he's learning how to handle himself as a pro like listen man it's hard to get guys that wear their emotions on their sleeves like this to pull back like they do that Stefan Diggs does that like that's Mm -hmm. who he is right if you are and and sometimes it does it, it leads to inevitable breaks Diggs ended up getting traded from the Vikings for that reason. Another guy who always wore his heart on his sleeve is uh, Ocho Cinco. He's a guy that always had, yeah. you know, these bout breaks. Obviously, no social media during, like, the prime of his career in terms of, like, what it is now. So that never really came up, but he was frustrated. Uh, Terrell Owens, obviously, is the prime example of that. Um, but it happens. Like, receivers – you just got to accept that like there's a receiver archetype that has diva too. Like it just happens. Um, there are very few star receivers that don't have a diva gene in them. Like very few. Like, can you, can you think of Cooper cup? Maybe I think is one. Oh, like, you mean playing right now? Yeah. Just like I was playing say, like, like yeah. Cooper cup. Um, yeah. like even like top receivers, man, want to go where they're featured and where they play. Well, Tyree kill mm-hmm. wanted that. Devonte Adams wanted that. Um, all these guys, Stefan Diggs wanted that. All these guys want that. Like, 
George Pickens wants to be featured like an alpha wide receiver because he's really good at football. Like it makes sense. Like he does make the offense better. It would be different if he was a guy that was like, I'm not getting targets and I'm, you know, he, and he's not that good. Like he's really good. But last night ain't the, is not the, the kind of example you want to use of that, man. He cost himself a touchdown. Like that wasn't on him. Like that was on Kenny Pickett. Like that was on you, dude. Like you gotta, you gotta drag that toe. But like he's got to learn how to handle these emotions better. I think that's just the biggest thing is mm-hmm. you got to learn how to handle these emotions better. And for the Steelers, it, it's not, you know, like some thing where they're like, ah, we got to move this guy. But it's it's something where Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin see it and they're like, dude, again, like, come on. Like, I'm sure they've had this talk with them before where they're like, here's how you handle your emotions. You don't – it seems like he's, like, gone away from the blow up on the sideline stuff. Like – like last year when he came off the field against Atlanta, right? He was just mm-hmm. teeing off. Like he was going crazy. And now I think, you know, in this game, just he just looked kind of – I mean, the, the picture of Deontay celebrating and him just sitting on the bench where he just looks like dead, dude. Like his mm-hmm. – he's like, this sucks. Is a little different, right? That's a little different. But you can't go to social media and do this either. Like you – I understand you're trying to send a message, but – you don't send free me out to the public. You know what you do in that case? You text Matt Canada. You text Kenny Pickett. You text these guys and you say, dude, we got to find ways to give me the football. Like, that's how you do it. And there, again, as I said, there's going to be diva gene usually in a lot of these receivers. It just, it happens. Like, there are very few receivers that aren't going to want the football at that high clip. It's just not going to happen. But Pickens has to go about it better. He has to understand how to be professional about asking for those targets about expressing those frustrations Deontay Johnson hadn't scored a touchdown in two years you don't think that guy was frustrated like I'm telling you he was but he he wasn't going to social media and Deontay obviously probably learned from his mass mistakes too as a young player yeah I agree and I I think we've spent uh, enough time on this. I'll be curious as to what people think in the comments. So let us know how you're feeling about this situation. But again, I think it's it's worth monitoring, but I'm not overly concerned about this uh, this present time. Let's start talking about this game, though, um, Nick, between the Steelers and Titans. The Steelers come out with a W last night, Thursday Night Football, against the Titans. And uh, you know what? I think we got to start off with, uh, with the topic. Broderick Jones starting at right tackle like we thought was going to happen. Um, you know, they, they talked about it on uh, 93.7 The Fan. Nick, you got to add into your article, first reported by Steelers now, Zachary Smith. Uh, really cool, really cool stuff. But uh, to see Broderick out there, how did you feel like he looked at right tackle? Like, did you feel like he looked out of place? Or, you know, what was your evaluation of him at right tackle? I thought he played well, man. And that's at his not at his natural position, which right. I thought was very impressive. Um, so I thought he played very well. I thought he really ignited the run game. I thought that's where he really kind of came about. He didn't like stick on blocks a lot, but he got a hat on a hat just for a second that allowed Najee Harris and Jalen Warren to break it. Um, he was getting mm-hmm. to the second level, had good technique. I think in the past game, he still showed a little bit of inconsistencies. I, I still think his footwork and hand usage has to improve because uh, I felt like there were a few plays where Landry kind of got him. Um, leaning a little bit, but Broderick is such a good athlete that he just recovered. Like, there's some reps on his tape where it is like technical mess, but dude, the guy's athleticism is so insane, he can just recover. And then there mm-hmm. were other reps where I think you finally, where you saw him put it all together. And he just looked awesome. Like, 
I never really thought Landry was ever in danger of getting to Kenny all night. Like I thought that was pretty good. Um, I thought he was really solid in pass pro as a result of that. And Landry's not like this twitched up edge rusher. So it makes sense that Broderick would be good against that type of guy. Um, but I think when you saw him against the Texans, for example, you know, Grenard is pretty, pretty good athlete and was able to kind of get in on his a little bit, beat him inside uh, a little bit. But then when the Ravens game came, he kind of he kind of understood where how to set things. I thought his his growths and picking up stunts has been awesome. Like he was terrible mm-hmm. against the Texans when he did that. Then the Ravens who throw so many different looks at you, he looked awesome in that game. And I thought he looked great in this game doing that as well. Um, I, I think he has really improved. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Like coaching on this team overall, I think you can question, but the rookies have come along very nicely. Um, these yeah. young guys are learning. Like. Broderick has learned from his mistakes. Joey's learned from his mistake. Benton has learned from his mistakes. Darnell Washington plays 10 snaps against the Jaguars, gets more snaps this game, comes back and plays a really good football game. Like, I think it's a good thing to yeah. see your rookies learning from their mistakes and not making the same thing twice. I think that's like a, a really important indicator of how your young guys are being coached. And mm-hmm. I think right now what you see is the young guys are being coached quite well. And so Broderick is a prime example of that. And, I really liked what I saw from him. Only allowed one pressure, um, and, and that that backs it up. So uh, he's he's playing at a high level, man. Uh, I thought it looked great, and there should be no reason this guy. I don't care if it's that right tackle or left tackle. There's zero yeah. reason this guy should not be starting going forward. He's their best tackle right now. Absolutely. I want to ask you that because this kind of goes to the coaching point too. I put this on X. Alan and I talked about it before. I believe Tyler and I talked about it around the four one two, but I think I brought it up so many times. Forget who I've talked about it with, but I don't know if I got your take on this. Um, how much do you, I, I think that we were all in the camp that like you know Joey Porter Jr. should have been playing earlier. We wanted Broderick on the field earlier. County Benton, I think, has seen a slight increase in the amount of snaps he was playing earlier as well. But like, how much do you think that the slow process in their development has? like played into the fact that they're getting such good results early. Like what's that balance there, you know, between throwing them to the fire, maybe not getting good results and then like them not being in the right head space and being down as opposed to knowing when they are ready in situation and putting them into the best possible situations when you feel like they are. Yeah. I, I'll say this. I think first of all, the Jones and Porter stuff was exacerbated by how bad the vets yep. were. Yeah, I don't think Benton was as exacerbated because mm-hmm. Adams and Ogunjobi and Watts and Loudermilk and Leal have all played well. <laughs> like, I think so. It's been easier to swallow the Keanu Benton stuff because Benton is still, you know, getting 30, 40 snaps a game. Like, yeah, he, like mm-hmm. I, I think when he got like 19 against the Jags, it was like, okay, what are you doing? But like, okay, he's third in the rotation. Like, yeah, you might want to get less for Larry, but like, it makes yeah. sense why like Keanu is not. Getting all yeah, time. I don't think there's really been anything egregious on a week to week basis. Yeah, in terms I think of the his Jaguars system. game was the only one yeah. where I was like, okay, dude, like, like he let, he played like 17 snaps or something, or maybe that, like, I was like, what are, what are we doing? Like that yeah. that's got to change. But I mean, once Adams goes out in this game, we're talking about a guy that comes in and plays 48 snaps. Like that's a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. He played more than Cam. Might be, might be more snaps than he's ever played at Wisconsin. I think he's played more than that at Wisconsin. Really? He was okay. notorious for playing all game at Wisconsin. Like That's one of his things. So he was able to do this. Um, Larry playing 50 snaps, I understand with Mon down, that would match really happen, but would still like to see um, Larry play a little less. And that's not because Larry isn't good. I just think he's a really um, 
streaky player. So I think you the less you get of him in terms of like getting like 35, 40, rather like 55, like that's a lot for Larry. I'd like to see him 35, 40 be a little fresher, and I feel like you would get more pop from Larry. Um, so I think betting at like 45 sounds about right to me. Cam will obviously naturally rise up to the top um, when he is back. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I just feel like they have done a nice job of – not throwing them to the wolves, but I do think they have been a little too slow on some of them. Like I think Broderick right out of the bye week should have been the starting left tackle. Like there was really zero reason to put Dan Moore back in there. Like that doesn't make sense, right? Okay, you mm-hmm. don't want to start him against Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, and Nick Bose. Like, cool. I get that. You don't want to throw him against elite edge rushers right away. He kind of struggles against the Texans, but then he has this like great game against the Ravens, and you're like, Dude, that's better than any game Dan Moore's ever played. Like, <laughs> like let, let's let's see what this guy can do. And it wasn't like he was facing like some great edge rusher against the Rams. I like Byron Young, but like, dude, that's a guy he's faced in college. Like, he should be able to handle him. Josh Allen would have been a nice challenge, but like, again, someone that is a rookie, you're gonna learn from playing. And, and so, I, it never made much sense to me why that didn't happen. I think the Joey one makes sense. And here's what I'll tell people, because have they paid attention to what's gone on in Washington? Emmanuel Forbes came in and started week one, and he was so bad they benched him because he just lost all of his confidence. I think that was a big thing with them is Joey, and I think this the Travis Etienne touchdown showed it a little bit, where maybe Joey didn't know all the zone coverage matches, all these intricate coverages that the Steelers run just quite yet because that was a bust on Joey. I think, you know, um, and, and I know that's a bust on Joey because I talked to KZ and Joey and they both said it was man to man to that side. I know it looks like cover two. KZ said they were disguising cover two. So if you take that by the word that was on Joey, I think it was too. Uh, Derek also agreed that it was probably on Joey um, and that they was doing a check there. Um, but I, I just think Peterson and Wallace were so bad at some point that after the Ravens game, it was like, dude, like, what are you doing? Not playing this guy more. Like they should have been playing him more against the Texans. Like he was getting like, he started off with seven snaps and like 10 snaps, which I understand Mm -hmm. is kind of a game flow thing because they weren't doing all these uh, dime packages looks and and they weren't putting out a three corner nickel very often, you know, as often their three safety nickel, but I mean, come on, dude. Like at some point, I feel like Peterson and Wallace were killing the team so much that it was like, you got to play the guy. Like, and I feel like they finally kind of caught on, but it even felt like it was a little late against the Rams, right? Where he only played 40% of the snaps in that game, I believe. Um, finally got the starting job against the Jags, but like he got in over, uh, like Puka was going off the whole first half in that game. Because mm-hmm. Wallace and Peterson were getting toasted. Like, if, if Joey's in there the whole time, you got to wonder how much Puka does. So I, I just feel like they were a little slow. I think I think there was a balancing act. I think they were right to bring them along. And I, I, I know people said, oh, they should have been starting from day one. Like, I understand why some of these guys weren't starting from day one. But I do think they absolutely brought them along too slowly. And they've made some really dumb kind of backtracks in areas with, you know, Darnell only playing 10 snaps getting out snapped by Rodney Williams, um, you know, mm-hmm. Jones not starting. Like, they've taken some weird backtracks through it, too. So I understand, you know, there's that fine line. But I think that their handling of the rookies both deserves praise because, yes, you don't want to throw them in there completely before they're comfortable. But also, 
brother, when your vets are playing as badly as these guys have, when Dan Moore's getting smoked every week and Wallace and Peterson are arguably the worst corner duo in the NFL, like some point you got to let them rip. And I think that in particular has earned them uh, scorn. And I think, I think their handling of Darnell Washington still doesn't make much sense. Let the guy catch the football once he cut the ball once uh, mm-hmm. he's had one target over the past, like four games. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to be good, but like, dude, what, what's the harm in trying him? Like, What's the harm in trying? Like, I don't get that. So I like parts of it. Other parts I just think are too conservative with some of what they're doing. What did you make of uh, Joey Porter's performance yesterday specifically? I saw a lot of DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. That's where most of his work came. But what did you think about his game? Yeah, I think um, when you look at what Joey did, good and bad. I think we saw the good and the bad of a guy. Great coverage skills, man. This guy has all of the the length you would want. Um, He's a sticky coverage corner. He's fluid. Uh, He can play in man, off man. Like, he's a fun player to watch. And guys really don't know how to kind of stickle against that. Now, he'll have Mm -hmm. some footwork inconsistencies that get him. But really, when we talk about what his issues are, right, the grabbiness, that's something that definitely showed up. I think this was really the first time in his career what we really saw his college grabbiness uh, show up. Got hit with a few of those illegal contact holding calls. I think the last one was a complete phantom call. I don't know what. I, I agree. Yeah. But like I, I saw there I were a like few it. on tape when you go back and watch like that could have been called. So um, I would like to see him clean that up because I think his hands are good enough to just work that way. And I feel like his hips are fluid enough. Where he doesn't have to grab those guys out of the break. Um, I think his tackling is obviously the biggest area. I mean, yeah. dude, it's not that – and I've seen people saying, oh, he's not strong enough. Like, I don't think it's that he's not strong enough. I think he is strong enough. and Because otherwise he wouldn't be able to jam guys off the line like he does. Like, he stuns guys in press. He's He's got enough punch. I, I, his technique is so bad. Like, it is not that he's not willing. He just drops his eyes. Like, he, he goes down like this where you just see the top of his head. And he just his eyes are right into the turf. Like, how are you going to tackle anybody not looking at him? Like, it's just impossible. And so he's got to stop dropping his head. He's wrapping them up. Like, you'll see him literally go like this to guys, but his head will be down, and he'll just get rocked back because he's off balance because he's over. Basically, when you drop your head, you lose your center of gravity, right? You lose the ability to play through the strength of your lower body. So even if he wraps guys up, it's all due to his upper body that he will bring them down. He's got to stop dropping his head. That's the biggest thing that he's doing right now. He's got to go through with his eyes. Um, and so that to me is the biggest issue right now is, man, you got to wrap guys up. And, and so we'll see what happens. But that's the biggest area of growth. Overall, though, very promising uh, play. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't care. Anytime DeAndre Hopkins isn't like the elite. DeAndre Hopkins anymore, but he's a good player, sure. as you saw against the, the Falcons. He's still a good player, man. He shut him down. And this isn't the first guy he shut down. He shut down Calvin Ridley, too. So I, I think we still need a larger sample size because cornerback play is very volatile and very um mm-hmm. very staticky week to week. But I'm very excited to see him get some of these tests over the next few weeks. Specifically, not the, the Packers, but Amari Cooper, um, Jamar Chase. Um, these guys that are going to be coming yeah. up on that schedule. Like, I'm really excited to see those matchups because we've seen him go 
toe-to-toe with Devontae Adams for a little bit, but we haven't seen him play like that upper echelon guy yet, and he won't get that till he sees Jamar. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what he does against him. Yeah, that's like if we had if we hadn't played the Raiders yet and they were on the schedule now, we would probably see Joey against him a lot more than we did earlier in the season. So, um, but yeah, I'm very encouraged just because I thought he would take a lot more lumps than what I've seen. Um, granted, like obviously the tackling stuff is is an issue, and we both believe that that's more of a technique thing than a willingness to do so. Um, so I think that that can definitely be worked on. Um, but you mentioned the footwork, which to me was a big, like everybody was talking about his ball skills coming out, right? But like he was around the ball. He had a ton of pass deflections. It was just a matter of converting those into turnovers. So I wasn't necessarily concerned with that. It was more the footwork for me. I think it's popped up at times, but I don't think he's gotten burnt because of it yet. And I just think that like he's been a lot better than I expected him to be in coverage up to this point. He's cleaned it up. Grady Brown deserves a ton of credit for this. He has cleaned up his footwork, his press techniques better. Um, I feel like his grabbiness, although it was a problem this game, was much better throughout the year. Um, Like I didn't really see him grab against Ridley much, and Ridley's a better route runner. Um, I I just feel like he is a guy that has grown so much. And so even though I harped on those negatives where I said, okay, he's a little grabby, he's got to do this tackling stuff, like – do not get it twisted, folks. Like, this guy's having an awesome rookie year right now, and it's so promising to see a, a rookie corner play at this level because, really, you could argue he's been the best rookie corner. I mean, it's him or it's him or, or Witherspoon, like one of the two. Witherspoon's yeah. having a great year in Seattle, but, like. Awesome. And dude, Gonzalez was before he got hurt. Very he small was. sample size for him. I mean, that, that rookie class looks as good as it what we thought it was going to be. And um, I, I thought Porter has just played so good. Uh, through these first few starts, man. And it's, again, it's not like he's faced scrubs. Like, we're not talking about, you know, a random guy off the street here that's going to be a mechanic in two months. Like, we're talking about Calvin Ridley. We're talking about Devondre Hopkins. Like, these are big-name receivers that are still very good receivers. And, again, I'm not sure, you know, Calvin Ridley is, like, prime route-running Calvin Ridley after his years off. I'm not sure Nuke is what he was in Houston or what he was at the beginning of his time in Arizona, but they've pretty much proven this year they're pretty solid players still, man, and they can do whatever they want against top corners still. I mean, A.J. Terrell got absolutely toasted last week by DeAndre Hopkins, and I think most people would agree A.J. Terrell is a top-ten corner in the league. So, yeah, yeah, um, he can still do it, and and Porter shut him down. I mean, that second-half performance was just – a masterclass by Joey. I mean, no catches, man. None. Because he shouted him basically the whole time. It takes a lot of takes a lot of fortitude to go up to a coach on a short week and say, Mike Tomlin nonetheless, and say, I want 10. But when this guy, DeAndre Hopkins, is one of the best wide receivers of the past decade in football, probably is going to get a Boston Canton someday. And mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just going to go cover this guy. And he does like it would be one thing if you just say that and then you're like, you know, you get toasted and they go away from it. Dude, the more he did it, the more he just shut him down. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it's incredible to see a rookie do that. And I think Steelers should be very, very, very impressed because you can teach people how to tackle. You can teach people how to tackle. I can't tell you that enough. You can teach him how to tackle. It's hard to teach coverage skills, man. You can't yeah. and you can't teach the length. You can't teach the length. It's his one unique trait. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about the, something unfortunate that happened in the game, too, was uh, the loss of Cole Holcomb in the inside linebacker room going to be done for the season. Those guys, Alan and I just talked about it this past week, how those guys were really coming into their own. Seemed like they found a nice blend in, in terms of how to use all of him 
Quan Alexander, Annie Landon Roberts, and they were finding a nice mesh of the utilization of those three. Now Holcomb's out of the equation. Nick, how do you think that you know the Steelers inside linebacker room fills that void that's going to be left by Cole Holcomb's absence? It's really hard um, because I think that he has played at such a solid level for them. He's also their communication hub, which I think is right. even worse, right? They lose their two communication hubs because people were like, oh, Darius Rush is on and blows the coverage. And I was like, guys, I'm not surprised. Minka and Cole Holcomb are out. Um, and mm-hmm. kind of is what it is. But it's hard to replace Cole because there's not a natural guy to replace him on the roster. And Mark Robinson will probably step up in that, but like he is not the same skill set as Cole, right? Mark Robb is, is an athletic player that's more of a run stopper, has questions in coverage, has questions about his processing right now. And I really like Quan and Landon. I'm worried they're going to get a little overexposed. I thought what was great about Cole Holcomb, Quan Xander, Landon Roberts as a rotation is that none of these guys are elite linebackers. They're solid linebackers that have strengths, but they have clear weaknesses. And I thought they really worked off one another. I'm not sure they have that same dynamic if you put Robinson in that. I feel mm-hmm. like you have a a – pretty easy identifiable coverage weakness if Roberts is going to be playing a lot more. So maybe more sub package football. So maybe what you do is you get a little bit fancy here and, and maybe when make comes back, you start putting Keanu Neal down a little bit more um, mm-hmm. and you start yep. playing him there. Um, maybe, maybe you go out and, and maybe you do sign a linebacker. I don't know. It's not a great like linebacking group. Like there's like Anthony Barr and it's not, it's not great. I'll, I'll say that. Maybe they get like Nick Kwiatkowski back, but I really look at them and say, how do you minimize the weaknesses? Because like we know what a Landon Roberts is. Like he's an awesome run thumping guy. He's great blitzer, fantastic run defender. But they haven't been they haven't forced him to be in coverage a lot this year. And it's been the right call because that's not what he is, right? And so they've really done a nice job of playing to his strengths. I just don't think they need to get Roberts in covered situations. I think against teams like the Browns where they go heavy, right? Where they go 12, 13 personnel and spread you out. I am worried against those teams because they can run and condense you in base. But what happens if Roberts is split out against, well, Deandre Hopkins was on Cole Holcomb when he got hurt. What if the Landon Roberts is on Amari Cooper? Like what, even if he's on David and Joku, like that is an issue. Like he is not a good coverage linebacker and E Rob will tell you as much as he tries, like it, it's not a strength of his game. Like he, he tries yeah. and I think he competes very hard in coverage, but is not his strength. Quan, I think has actually been a really good coverage linebacker this year. And that should be your, probably your dime linebacker, or maybe he's your dime backer. Maybe they like what they saw to Darius rush. I thought rush played pretty well, actually uh, down the stretch. Yeah. He had to play 40 but, snaps. Yeah. Hey, he played a lot of snaps and the more he played, I thought the more comfortable he looked. So maybe you move uh, Keanu into the dime linebacker role so you can keep playing Darius Rush when Minka gets back. That's possible, too. Um, I think there are creative ways they can do it. Um, we'll see who comes up. Tariq Carpenter or Michael Walker will probably come up. I think Carpenter would be best to fill kind of the Holcomb skill set um, where you're kind of this all-around guy. He's a former safety, so he can cover mm-hmm. decently well. Um, so he's a guy that kind of – has a Holcomb-ish skill set in that regard. Quan has experience working the green dot, not in Pittsburgh, but elsewhere. So I think that's your natural green dot. But 
I will say I'm just a little worried about, you know, Elena Roberts getting a little overexposed. I like yeah. what Elena Roberts is. I think it's a great signing. He was awesome last night, dude. Like, you know, Elena yeah. Roberts played an awesome game last night, but I just don't I I'm Terrell Austin. I'm gonna I'm looking at this and saying, okay, how do I make sure I keep putting Elena Roberts and Quan Alexander in positions to succeed without them? you know, getting exposed because the Titans never really had, you know, a whole week to go over it and say, ah, we got these two guys and we can do this. And, and I think the Steelers mm-hmm. did as the game went on, start to, to kind of spin, um, kneel down a little bit. So I, I would imagine that's something they're going to do. Yep. I, I mentioned that too. When somebody asked uh, on X, how I thought they were going to go about replacing Cole Holcomb, a, a massive loss for this defense and, and thoughts to him. It's, it sounds, it's good that it sounds like he's going to be able to make a full recovery and anything very terrible knee injury. So thoughts are with him as well as Traylon Burks on the other side, getting injured just a couple minutes left in the game. Uh, Nick, we're running a little bit over, but I do want to ask you one last thing about this game. Matt Canada's first appearance uh, coaching from the sidelines coming out of the booth. Very first drive results in an opening drive touchdown. I was like, man, are we going to have fireworks tonight? Obviously, the entire game didn't go that way. But how did you feel like uh, the first game with Matt Cannon on the sidelines went for this offense? I thought it went well. Um, listen, people are going to be like, oh, they only scored 20 points. They didn't get their 400 yards. Folks, if Kenny Pickett had played well the first half, they would have been mm-hmm. near 500 yards potentially. I mean, yeah. he should have scored 30-plus in this game. He called a very good game, in my opinion. There were a few play calls where I was like, what are you doing? Like, Thank goodness that honestly, thank goodness they got a false start on that wildcat counter that they ran yeah. with Najee in the goal line. That mm-hmm. was a terrible play call. I don't know what the, the screen to George on like second and whatever yeah. when they were in, in goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, second and four after that Jalen run at midfield, yeah. they they run mm-hmm. that screen to Pickens and just kills the drive. Um, I, I thought that was a weird call too. Um, I I just I think he's done a nice job of looking at what they haven't done well and looking at what tendencies they haven't leaned into and kind of working off those. I think he's done a nice job of starting to implement some motion at the snap, like Connor Hayward and Jalen Warren both had that yesterday. Um, I thought that was cool. I think he's done a nice job of getting more stacks and bunches, getting guys free releases off the line so they can get open. Um, He's done a nice job of creating havocs for zones um, so we've seen more open guys running the past few weeks as a result. I think that's been big. I like what he's done in the run game. I think he's varied up the run game. More pulling guards has been a cool thing. Nashi's touchdown, say Amalo, that linebacker right out, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was awesome Aziz, right? That was Aziz Al Shair, who's a pretty good linebacker. Yeah. And yeah. then Broderick got right up to the second level, kicked out Gibbons, and well, that was that. Um, so, I mean, I think he's done a nice job running out of lighter boxes. Um, they're a better shotgun running team. I also thought he did a nice job under center uh, in this game where they, when they did go under center, I thought they actually started to lean into more passing plays. And um, we saw some play action out of those looks. I think they went under center something like 17 times maybe in this game. And if I remember correctly, they passed the ball at least five of those, which is again, that's like enough when that happens. Like you naturally, Like naturally under center, you're gonna run more than you pass. It's just, every team in the league usually does that, but I feel like they did a nice job breaking tendency. And I think the ability for Canada, it, it wasn't to talk to Kenny. Um, it was to talk to Najee and Deontay and George and 
the offensive line, these other guys about what they were seeing and and what they kind of liked better. I thought that has really helped. So I'm not sure that they're like magically fixed or anything, but I'll tell you what, man, no, last yeah. two games, like last two games, I think has been the best called games of the season, certainly, and, and maybe the best called games of Matt Cannon's entire tenure. Um, he has done a nice job the last two weeks of, of trying to identify their weaknesses and, and switching it up. The passing game is just so much more varied than it was. And I like that they're running out of lighter boxes. He's getting them into lighter boxes and, and kind of looks out of those lighter boxes. Um, I think the Rams were really the first game where he started to do that. And obviously they ran very well against the Rams um, in the second half. And I thought that was a big key to that game. Uh, I, I didn't think he did that as well against the Jaguars. I thought that uh, they kind of started to stack it a little bit and he was more focused on the passing game, but this game felt like where he kind of mashed it all together. And I, I thought it looked good. Now I guess it's going to be, how do you respond when DC start to get that on you? Right. Because yeah. what 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 happens in Canada is he finds something that works and they spams it into oblivion and then it doesn't work anymore. And so mm-hmm. I think he's got to he's got to work against that. But credit to him, man. I mean, he he's yeah, been I agree. all the chance and everything that that go his way, all the vitriol. But you know, he hasn't done a good job this year. But these last two games, I think he has not been the problem. I think execution is going to be the problem when they have struggled. Um, the quarterback has not played well the past two weeks, whether that's been Mitch or Kenny. And, and so. He needs to get better quarterback play, but I think if that ever comes and, and Kenny gets a little bit more consistency, I think the offense can be better as long as Canada keeps this up. It's, it's now can Canada keep this up with how this offense is going, right? Pickett will hit a hot streak and Canada will somehow revert back into being, you know, what he was before from Rams to San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, with Canada being on the sidelines, they had Glenn Thomas kind of taking that, I guess, role-ish in the booth. Um, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but, um, yeah. Did you think that that played a role in the offense as well? Just having like another voice maybe within that. Yeah. I think it's nice to have another voice in there. Now I'll say this. I don't think this is some sweeping change. Like Glenn Thomas ain't going to be the next OC guys. I'm just saying next OC ain't on this staff. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that like, this isn't a situation where Randy goes and, Matt Canada's coming along like, nah. What what they're just doing is trying to, okay, uh, Kenny, here's what I saw from the top view because Matt's going to be focusing right. with Najee and Jalen. Like you saw um, Ed Thompson, our photographer for Steelers now, took a lot of photos of where Canada was, and I don't think I saw one photo of him sitting with Kenny the entire time. I think I saw him with Rudolph once because Rudolph is kind of your you know clipboard guy that does a little bit of scouting and all of that. Mm-hmm. Najee and Jalen, Deontay, George, and Al. Like he is, he's talking with the rest of the guys. So Thomas is just kind of being there and with Sullivan and him and saying, okay, this is what we're seeing from a quarterback perspective. I'm sure Canada can obviously always talk to Kenny if he needs to, but I don't think that's really what it was. So it's just streamlining yeah. the process. I think it's allowing Canada to dive into the entire offense. I think he was a little too Kenny centric before. I'll say that. I feel like, you know, before, I think one of the underrated talking points when they, we're putting guys in bad spots to succeed was I always felt like he was trying to accentuate Kenny while it sometimes went at the detriment of others. And so I think now they're starting to kind of work that out, wade the waters a little bit, and it's going to maybe be a process where Kenny has to get a little bit out of his comfort zone, but that's going to be the, for the betterment of the offense. I agree. Okay. Well, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Nick, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, guys, you can follow me 
on X, Twitter, whatever you may want to call it, at Farabaugh FB. Read stuff at SteelersNow.com. Of course, subscribe to the Steelers Now channel as well. There you go. I am Zachary Smith, PGH. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below how you feel about any of the things that we talked about. Um, and yeah, if you're listening somewhere else, be sure to leave us a five-star review over there. Until next time, have a great weekend. Alan and I should be back on Monday. Alan and I haven't done a show together since Wednesday now. Him and Carter did a great job yesterday, Nick and I today. So four different faces on your screen within the last 48 hours. But uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Until then, thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers afternoon. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, 